0: and welcome to songs for the struggling artist the blogcast. I am back from a bit of a pause in podcasting world. I was away on a writing retreat residency up in Vancouver, Canada, which was lovely and beautiful and such a great it's like I know I've written about this, but like the the like ability to, to focus on one thing for a little while, this has not happened very often to me in my, in my artist life. So the, the, the ability to do that, um, and really like get stuck into something was such a gift. So, um, I thank my, my Patreon, uh, supporters for really being, um, the, the, the reason for that being able to happen. So, Thank you to those of you who support me on Patreon, um, and and thank you just for listening. Also, that support is super super meaningful, and um, I really appreciate it. So um, today's podcast blogcast. Um, I have a little bit of a backlog of blogs to read to you. Um, I'm not sure when I'm going to get the time to like really do them all. So it may it may take a minute to get get up to speed. But this one. Um, is probably best built for the podcast, actually. I thought, "Mm, it might not work uh, on the the paper. But I think it's better in this form. And it's called You Had One Job, Man. I will preface what I am about to tell you with the fact that I spent much of the evening before this day waiting in the mucky pool of the aftermath of the news about Louis C.K., While stand-up comedy is not technically my field, it is a sister field, and therefore painfully close. So I began my days still marinating in both the horrors and the hope of this world laid bare, and I felt pretty ready to tear it all down. But that's not what I want to talk about. Just read Lori Penny or Katie Kate Kate or Lori Kilmartin if you want to talk about that amongst yourselves. What I want to talk about is this incredibly weird moment in an incredibly weird alumni lunch that I was a part of. In the middle of the lunch, a tall, middle-aged man stood up at the mic and proclaimed that he did not have his glasses and was going to mispronounce everyone's names. His job was to point out the various alumni volunteers so that students could find us. This job should have taken two minutes. He had maybe 17 names to read. And this reading of the names took, what with the hemming and the hawing and the, oh, you see, I need my glasses, and the repetition of needless instructions, probably ten minutes. The man had one very easy job, and he was appallingly bad at it. And, you know, in some contexts, I could be very forgiving of such incompetence. If we were at a senior center, for example, I'd not have given it a second thought. But it's 2017. And the world is run by incompetent men who have gotten away with terrible things and stupid things, and I have zero patience with any old white man who has power over women. There was, at this event, a staff of incredibly capable women standing to the side, watching this moment and wanting, I imagined, to jump in and help the car wreck in front of them, but unable to, because this guy has a fancy title. He's the president of the Alumni Association. So a room full of people just quietly sat there, Well, truthfully, I didn't sit quietly. I cracked jokes to the student next to me. While a buffoon rambled on. One job, man. You had one job. Listen, I sympathize with missing glasses. I need them too. But I can come up with six ways to solve this problem that would not have involved putting a room full of mostly women through that terrible show. And anyone who has had to fight their way into a room would do the same. And I know that my fury about this is out of proportion with the offense. I spent a day trying to unpack why this event made me, at dinner that night, want to disembowel the air with my chopsticks. And I don't yet have an easy answer. Here are some factors that seem to be driving my violent chopstick impulses. Number one, I'm furious in general. I have been enraged for over a year now, and it only gets worse the longer this political disaster goes on. Number two, this particular mediocre white man has pushed my buttons before when he advocated for the board of the college in cutting my beloved Florence program. That corporate sucking up is antithetical to what I valued about my college experience. So yeah, I'm not inclined to think of him favorably. Also, I saw a clip of him speaking at graduation wherein he said something like, either Key or Peel went here, I can never remember which. A comment I found so shockingly racist, I gasped and had to stop the video. I mean, so yeah, he pushes my buttons. Number three, that a mediocre white man is representing a college that is mostly women is not an insignificant factor. And I am suddenly aware that there may have been elections for this alumni board that I have likely ignored, and here is yet another area of my world where not paying attention has led to circumstances not to my liking. This guy is the president... Of the alumni board, because he wanted to be and believed he could do it and because most of us have other things to worry about. So now I'm pissed because I'm thinking, do I have to run for the alumni board now? My God, I do not want to. All I really want to do is make art. I don't want to tweet and make calls to Congress. I don't want to sign petitions and campaign for people and write postcards. And I don't want to be the president of the alumni board of my alma mater, nor do I have the resources to do such a thing, because here's the thing, I'm an artist, a struggling one, in case you hadn't worked that out by the name of the blog, and you know, it cost me $16.50 to go up to the college and a whole day to try to be helpful, and I really don't have $16.50 to spare, and a decent lunch might have made it feel like it was worth it, but a sandwich and a bag of potato chips ain't really doing the trick. So it's like the people who volunteer for these sorts of positions, like president or board member, have something to get out of them and resources to spare. And they're the sorts of people who make their forgetting of their glasses the problem of a whole room of people. Number four, I am not feeling logical or temperate anymore. I am having an unforgiving minute, as Laurie Penny beautifully put it. I have made excuses for, apologized to, and made space for men to be right for too damn long, and I will rage about the smallest infraction. I was nice and accommodating for 40 years, but time's up, and I'm done. Number five. Sorry. No, I'm not sorry. But, you know, probably this guy is perfectly nice and pleasant to talk to at parties, but I'm sorry. No, I'm not sorry. I don't want this guy's head on a platter. I just want the career I don't have because incompetent, overly confident, mediocre white dudes blustered their way into gigs that more qualified people should have had. And this guy is now just a symbol of the ego-inflated, oversized, mediocre white dude balloon hanging over the world, and all I want to do is stick a pin in it anywhere I can. So, I'm sorry. No, I'm not sorry. I'm done being sorry. Number six, like Rebecca Traster talked about in her article about the current moment, I'm also waiting for the backlash. As a woman who was writing about sexual harassment and sexism before it was trending, I know the backlash is coming and I'm bracing for it, even while half hoping that the article in Time about women having reached a critical mass in all these fields is right, and maybe no backlash is coming. But really, I'm still bracing for the terrible, ugly backlash just in case, and I think that makes me a bit tense, you know? So one incompetent asshole who could have just turned over the reading to someone who had their glasses or bothered to ask people how to pronounce their names ahead of time or written in names or written the names in a size he could read just gets right under my skin it's like a small scale diversity diversity moment happening right in front of me so obviously it's all really simple and stuff and i guess chopstick air evisceration is logical given the swirl of feelings and for me that rage is relatively new I will confess that my socialization as a feminine creature was so intense that I literally thought I could not feel anger until I was in my mid-twenties. In my early years of acting, I got nervous when I had to play characters who got angry because I worried that I had no capacity for rage. Those years are over, and perhaps I'm just making up for lost time. I'm angry now about all of those things I pushed away and smiled about instead of kicking over. So now, I will rage about the littlest things. From a stupid speech to a shitty radio show, I know how to rage now. And I can feel how much more productive it can be than pushing things aside or making excuses for stupid behavior. Not that there won't be consequences for my rage, and I'm worried about those too. Because, come on, man. Just, I, I don't know. Bring your glasses next time and get on with it. Also, I'd like to know when the alumni board elections are. I'm paying attention now. And I use my power to vote at every chance I get. And I rage. Should I have warned you there was a rant ahead? <laughs> I sometimes see on, like, Facebook someone was like, Warning! Rant ahead! I, d- I just wonder, is that... Do people need that? Do... Do... I, I think maybe it's just a way to say there's a rant if you want to read it. Um, or maybe people just don't like rants. I, I don't know. But that, anyway, warning. Retro, retroactive warning. That was a rant. Um, yeah. To my knowledge, no one uh, in, in an official capacity at the college has, has seen this post, which is just fine by me. I'm not trying to get, get create a ker- kerfuffle, a dust-up. Um, I, but <laughs> anyway, uh, so the podcast that I'm going to recommend to you is uh, is is by a man who does who is good at his job, because, you know, like, that's the thing. I don't I don't want to be like, hey, I, I feel like people don't understand that it's not like, oh, all men are terrible. I mean, most, most people understand most people who are listening to me understand that, but some people don't. Um, so, so I'm going to recommend a podcast by a, uh, uh a middle-aged white man because he, this is a middle-aged white man who is good at his job. In fact, quite fantastic at his job. So hooray for this middle-aged white man. Uh, he, there's a, the podcast is called the bugle. Um, it's Andy Zaltzman is the is the host um, and it used to be hosted by it used to be Andy Zaltzman and John Oliver but John Oliver has um, other things to do these days so Andy Zaltzman um, hosts it himself but he has a guest host with him every every time so um, he gets um, he got Hori Kondabolu is on as a as a co-host and I think his name is Anuvapal, Pal. who's um, an Indian comic, and um, like from India, <laughs> in India, um, and he has his sister sometimes co-host with him, um, and an, an English comedian called Nish Kumar who is hilarious and um, has an awesome laugh. Uh, so it's mostly dudes, um, and the the host is a uh, is is he's funny it's all very funny it's like a news podcast but joke it's jokes joke news joke news um, uh, so yeah if you like to get your news from England all oh right it's based in England too after I should have said if you like to get your news from England in a joke form then the bugle is for you <laughs> um, so yeah and for your song today I um, I have been going back and forth between two songs. Um, And I'm recording this before I have made that decision. So maybe I'll just record. I'm going to tell you it's either the song you're about to hear is one of two things. And then you will hear how I decided. It is either uh, Brilliant Mistake by Elvis Costello or... Four-Eyed Girl by Rhett Miller. And you'll hear the other one at some point if you don't hear it now. So here it is, one of those two songs. Two of us in a double feature. I'm a rock and roller. She's a science teacher. I send her looks. They don't reach her. She does not know I'm in love with her. Later on, it's no better. She wants to take a walk. So I let her, I let her go and then I go out and get her, I have to spell it out for her. La la la, I'm in love with a four eyed girl. She knows how to move me now, she knows how. Never closes yet yeah, I tell her that I love her And I don't care who knows it What's a take of romance Or red wine and roses She gets the picture Takes pity on me She lets go She makes it happen It's a hot spell After a cold snap Her eyes are open Nobody's napping She says You don't want to miss A minute of me La 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 I'm in love with a four-eyed girl she knows how to move me now she knows how Ba-ba-ba-ba.